0: Think, think, Podcast. Podcast.
1: rogers nelson the artist known as prince who pioneered the minneapolis sound and took on the music industry in his fight for creative freedom has died according to a family member reached by cnn he was 57 the family member asked not to be identified police are investigating a death at the estate of superstar prince in carver county minnesota according to carver county sheriff spokesman jason camerud Authorities told CNN that the investigation is happening at Prince's Paisley Park Studios. We are not releasing any information regarding the identity of the person who died until next of Ken is notified, Kemmer said. Earlier this month, Prince said he wasn't feeling well, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and canceled at least one concert in the city. Some days later, he took the stage in Atlanta to perform. After that concert, the singer's plane made an emergency landing. The singer's spokesperson, Yvette Noel Schur, told CNN. At the time, she said, he is fine and at home. Prince has won seven Grammy Awards and has earned 30 nominations. Five of his singles have topped the charts, and 14 other songs hit the top 10. He won an Oscar for the original song score to the classic film Purple Rain. The singer's predilection for lavishly kinky story songs earned him the nickname his Royal Badness. He is also known as the purple one because of his colorful fashions. Uh, Developing story more to come. Um, About half an hour ago, I was sitting here reading comic books and eating lunch and just putting stuff up on Facebook, as one does on one's day off, and uh, something popped up about Prince on Instagram. And I'm tired of this and I get, I understand it's only going to get worse as I get older, that the people I idolize and that have influenced me so much over my life are, are going to pass and we're going to lose them. Uh, so I, I, I saw it and I didn't want to believe it just like with Dusty, just like with Leonard Nimoy uh, and just like so many others, it seems in the past few years and I looked it up and sure enough right there on CNN, which is what I just read from, uh, Prince is dead at 57. 57 years old. I mean, that's nothing. That's, that's, that's so young. Uh, so I'm going to sit down and I'm here in my kitchen. And I'm going to talk about Prince because I love Prince. I love Prince's music. I love the people that got me to know Prince better. Um, The other night, I went with Noel to see Duran Duran and Sheik. And Sheik... uh, I'm sorry, Duran Duran played uh, Save a Prayer and dedicated it to Prince because Prince had had a show in Atlanta the night before. I didn't go because uh, it was Prince and a Piano, which don't get me wrong, any performance by Prince is awesome, but but the tickets were so expensive that I couldn't justify it. Uh, And I I had seen Prince. I had the good fortune to see Prince. Uh, Well, I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, but anyway, Duran Duran said that on his flight home, Prince had taken ill and his plane had had to make an emergency landing. And, uh, they dedicated save a prayer to Prince, uh, and purple lighting and everything. And I don't think anybody in Phillips arena in that full stadium imagined this, I think. That you know, people get sick and and there's no telling, you know, he's, this is Prince. He's, he transcended humanity to a certain extent. He was one of our modern gods. Uh, so, you know, not only did, does he seem somewhat invulnerable, but, you know, maybe, maybe Prince has a sniffle and doesn't want to be in a plane anymore. If that's the case, Prince is going to land. You know what I mean? So I don't think anybody really really thought uh, you know it was very nice that they did it and and obviously I thought oh well it sucks that prince is is ill but I never imagined this I never imagined a few days later we would lose somebody who's honestly a treasure of of my generation So, uh, like most people my age, I discovered Prince through MTV. Uh, like most pop music that I discovered, uh, MTV, uh, as, as much as we mock it now, and as much as it has earned the criticism that it receives, when I was growing up, MTV was my conduit to uh, certainly to music and in a sense to culture, to pop culture. And it was a different time because we were all to a certain extent on the same wavelength. Uh, I, I think it's great that you can find what you want now, but back then we were all at the very least aware of the same things, if not listening to the same things. But anyway, uh, I don't know what the first Prince video I saw was, or the first print song I heard was, I'm sure When Doves Cry was an early one. I have to excuse me. I, I Obviously, I wasn't planning on doing this. I'm up here and the dogs are running around and stuff, so you guys are going to hear some noises in the background. I'm letting one of them out now. Uh, when Doves Cry had to be one of the earliest ones, and that that signature opening, the sounds that Prince made are unlike the sounds, and I was actually thinking about this uh, just yesterday, listening to Prince in the car, you know, uh, yes, it's funk, Uh, he's got some rock. A little bit of jazz from time to time, a little bit of hip hop from time to time, misguided, uh, those, th- those attempts may have seemed, uh, to me anyway. Uh, nobody made sounds like Prince made. He was truly unique and truly an innovator. And that's not to say he didn't have influences. He certainly did. But uh, there was just nothing else like him. So anyway, as a kid, uh, you know, Prince was just there. I, I've often talked about how Batman and Star Wars were just there, just parts of my life. Uh, things that have just been with me forever. And Prince is another one of those things that his, his early music... You know, you turn on MTV and you're going to see a Prince video. Uh, You turn on the radio and he has top 40 songs always. He was omnipresent, certainly in the 80s and well on. So uh, I, as a young kid, uh, you know, I loved Michael Jackson, but Michael Jackson was, was safe to a certain extent. He was safe pop. Prince was... Dangerous, and I, I don't, you know, when I was ten years old or, or whatever, I, I didn't know sexy. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I, I didn't understand just what it was about Prince that felt so edgy and uh, naughty, I guess. Because, I mean his his message, you know, a lot of people would say that. It was full of sex. And, you know, that's certainly true. I mean, listen to Darling Nikki. For sure. But, I think that sex and love, physicality, uh, passion, desire, all of those things were wrapped up into one thing for him. Uh, I don't, Think he ever necessarily? He knew the effect that he had on people, but I don't think he ever thought of himself. He, he was not being intentionally naughty, if, if you know what I mean. Like this is the stuff that he loved and he dug and it's the stuff that he wanted to make music about and spread, more importantly, spread a message about. So, as a kid, I knew his songs, and and I loved them when they came on, but I can't honestly say necessarily that I was into Prince because he was a little too dangerous for me. Uh, a little, a little too sexy. Like I said, I didn't know the word, but that's what it was. And I, I specifically remember the the thieves in the temple video and uh, his his eccentric, if you will, costume in that. And I remember the first time I saw that video. And you got to understand, I was I was born and raised in the South uh, by Baptist parents. Uh, grew up in a Baptist church, so Prince, particularly crazy, uh, very little clothing wearing Prince, was something that my young mind wasn't necessarily ready to deal with. Uh, and there, there are many people over the course of my life that have sort of opened up my mind and. Uh, I have accepted different ways of being and different, uh, outlooks or or whatever. And Prince is certainly one of them. Uh, there's nobody my age, every single one of us had our sexuality influenced by Prince. There's, there's no doubt. So... You know, initially when you're young and you haven't seen anything like this, you're uncomfortable and it's weird. But as you get older, you're like, Oh, well, that's Prince. He's doing his sexy thing. And that's, that's how it is. That's how he is. So moving on without belaboring, uh, the sexy Prince confusing a child <laughs> point, uh, in the nineties, I worked at Hot Topic with a guy named Paul Laprie, and you know I talked about people who influence who you are and open your mind and that sort of thing. And there are celebrities that do that from afar uh, that that teach from a distance that you observe uh, the the product that they put out, the art that they create. But then there are the actual teachers, the people who are part of your life, uh, the people who influence you, who show you new things, who give you new music, who maybe change the way you look at things. I have never met anyone that loved Prince like Paul loved Prince and... Paul took me to see Prince, I would guess it was 97. Uh, if, if I had the time to look through my ticket stubs, I would. But like I said, I, I was not in any way prepared to do this. Uh, in 1997, I think, Paul uh, and I went to Sea Prince. We bought our Prince tickets for the Atlanta Civic Center, I think it was, and I've never been more excited about a show. And, and I wasn't... Look, I had probably the Prince Greatest Hits album at the time. Uh, I definitely had the Love Symbol album because it's one of my favorite albums of all time. And it is... I, I adore that album. Uh, so I for sure had those. I don't know how much else I had. Um... But I was very excited, and we went, and it was as incredible as you would think it would be. Uh, a band called the Funky Baldheads, who I'm sure were one of Prince's pet projects, they opened up the show, and they were great. They they imagine that they played funk, and put on a hell of a show. And then halfway through their set, uh, Prince himself came out and sat in on, I want to say he was playing piano or keyboard, uh, sat in on a couple of songs, and let me tell you, and I hate to get so crass, uh, but I, I don't think Prince would mind, and I hope you guys won't mind, and I've been saying this for years. When Prince walked out on that stage, the humidity... In that place, Rose. I have never seen such a widespread, instantaneous, and passionate female reaction in my entire life. I, I, I honestly, I'm I'm not being hyperbolic here. I am 100% genuine. Every single woman in that room lost her fucking shit. Uh, so. And, and he kind of just smiled and waved. Because he's Prince. He knows. He knows what's up. He knows what he does. He knows what he's there for. Uh, so Funky Baldhead's Head's finished up their excellent set. And we didn't wait too long. You know, I have, from a lifetime of following pop music and uh, larger-than-life pop culture superstars, people with egos, people with specific needs... You know, you'd think, well, Prince is playing, we we may be sitting here for a while, and we were not. It, it did not take long for Prince to come back out, for every woman in that place to lose her damn mind all over again. And Prince played Purple Rain in its entirety, uh, a few other songs. I, I wish that I had a better memory of the event, but I was smoking a lot of weed at the time, and and I find. As the years go by that, that, that has stolen more memories than I care to, to consider. Uh, and I'm not trying to turn this into some kind of weird, any weed thing. If it works for you, it works for you and good for you. Uh, it didn't work for me. Uh, I think it hurt my life. Uh, and I, I don't remember that Prince show as well as I could. Uh, but I was there, and it was electric. And I I remember the feelings. I remember the power of that one little man owning every single person in that room. No, nobody. And granted, at the time, you know, smartphones were not even a thing. But I think even today, uh, nobody would be texting or checking Facebook or anything. Uh, Prince. Prince would command a room. He demands your attention. He is, he is spectacle. He is power. Uh, so after that, I very quickly bought every Prince release that I possibly could because I had truly been in the presence of greatness in a way that I had never been before in my life. Uh, at 21 years old, I had experienced a revelation uh, of, of something so powerful. And, and I'm not saying, like, I, I was a prince worshiper. He became my favorite thing in all of existence, because that wasn't the case. But I saw him live, and, and after years of digging what he did, I finally understood why people, you know, like Paul... Felt like they felt about him and the power of his message and the, the sheer amazingness and breadth of his talent. Uh, oh, I, you know, I left out one major Prince experience and that of course has to do with Batman. As a huge Batman fan, uh, you know, Prince did the soundtrack for the 1989 Batman film. And that summer, that soundtrack was insane. I remember having a, a single of Bat Dance. I want to say the B-side was Party Man, uh, which is one of my favorite Prince songs, by the way. Uh, but I remember having that single and wanting the whole album, and my, my mom being a little iffy about whether or not I should own any Prince albums. Uh, but we went on a Boy Scout trip to visit a military base and to spend the night on a battleship. I- I'm almost positive that was the trip. And one of, one of the guys, one, one of the guys in my troop had the soundtrack. And we, he was back in the back listening to it on his Walkman. And, of course, we all wanted to hear it because this was the music from, from Batman. We wanted to hear it so bad. And I believe it was my dad driving, put it in. I think it lasted a couple of songs, and it got taken out. So we we passed, and thank goodness the guy was, was willing to share and was cool about it. We passed that tape around for the entire car ride. Uh I... <laughs> it's funny looking back on interactions with your parents, especially now that I'm a parent. Not that I would do, uh, you know, there are things I look back on that I would never do to my son. But, you know, as a parent, I can maybe see the motivation a little bit more. I wanted that soundtrack very badly. You know, at the time, I wanted anything that was Batman. And I wanted that soundtrack, and I told my mom I wanted it. And, I mean, we're, I'm 13 years old, so it's very odd to me now to think of of uh, not buying my own stuff at that point. But you're th- 13 is still a kid. I mean, it really is. So, anyway, she comes home one day, and she's like, hey, I, I think it's after school, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. But, but, anyway, she comes home, she's like, hey, I got you the Batman soundtrack, and it's the score. This is not the soundtrack, and as soon as I see it, I know this, because the soundtrack has that beautiful golden bat logo that they used to promote the movie on the front. Uh, the score had the equally beautiful, but in a different way, uh, image of the bat wing in front of the moon, which is great, but that's not what I wanted. But I didn't have the soundtrack, so I put the score in, and because of my desire to have Prince music, and granted, Prince music related to Batman, I'm not going to make any bones about you know why I wanted that thing. Uh, but as a result of that, I became a fan of Danny Elfman because obviously the the Batman, you know, Danny Elfman's incredible and iconic Batman theme song was on that score uh, and was not on the Prince uh, soundtrack, so. I would put that in and listen to that theme and just listen to the whole rest of the tape because Elfman's music is incredible. So that is how I became such a huge fan of, of everything that Danny Elfman has ever scored. Uh, so yeah, then, then after that, later on in the nineties, I, I became, I went, I went and saw Prince with Paul and started buying Prince CDs. Any way that I could uh, used you know, most most of his stuff is pretty popular. Uh, lots was produced. You can go to any used CD store at the time and, and pick it up. So every once in a while, I'd just pick up another Prince album, and, and I slowly built up his catalog. And there were a couple of items, and I wish I was sitting down next to them right now. But I remember the Black album took some effort uh, to track down. It, it was it was a tough one. And I, I did find it. Fortunately, a couple of years after that, I worked at CD Warehouse, and you know there you see everything. If you stay, if you work in a record store long enough, eventually everything will come through. Uh, so I, I got the black album. I got uh, there's a different version of the Gold Experience. Or perhaps it is called the gold album that's, the gold experience is the different one. But anyway, I picked up all kinds of singles and alternate versions and, and I, I have an enormous stack of Prince CDs. Uh, matter of fact, here's another thing about Paul. He, you know, I had kind of gotten hung up on the love symbol album because I truly do think it's one of the finest albums ever recorded. Uh, I think seven is, it was for a very long time was my pick for the greatest song ever recorded. Uh it has been, you know, and I'm not I'm not going to BS you guys here. It it was edged out by Sparks and Faith No More's version of This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. That that is my pick for for my favorite and and greatest song of all time. Uh but Seven held that title for a very long time and it is close. But Paul turned me on to Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic, which that, you know, we're talking about Prince here, but we're also talking about a younger, early 20s me that was still mired in my idea of of what was cool and what was okay. You know how it is being young. You're stupid and closed-minded and so concerned about... What People Think, and, and Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic to Young Me was a pretty silly name for uh, a, an album. And I was kind of resistant, but Paul would play it in the store, and my gosh, uh, that is... It, it's a great album. It's got... uh Every day is a winding road, which Prince wrote and Sheryl Crow performed. Uh, it's it's great, and from there, you know, once again, your mind gets opened a little bit at a time by these great people that that are willing to share their their knowledge and their love of things and and their experience. And you know, Paul, uh, you know, just once again, opened my mind up that little bit, and 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 now, you know, I looked at. As silly as it sounds, I looked at album titles differently. You know, don't, don't, uh, don't dismiss anything. So, you know, that also led to my embracing Prince more fully. And right around 2000 is where I truly settled into being a devotee of Prince and his music. To where I was listening on a regular basis, it was in my regular rotation, just like Anthrax and Faith No More and Beastie Boys and uh, Nine Inch Nails. Like Prince was in there with my top artists, getting played all the time. Like it, it he had become one of my guys. And, and gosh, I'm just sitting here thinking about how incredibly musical he is. My, I, I've often said my dream album. Would be a collaboration between Prince and Trent Reznor. And, uh, you know, that may, maybe, maybe that sounds a little weird, but to me it seems perfectly natural. I, I think it would have been incredible. But as far as being a musician and a creative music entertainer, nobody ever did it better. Nobody ever will do it better. Uh, you know, you talk about Elvis, and and I'm not an Elvis fan, but I, I dig the guy. I, I, you know, I I get what he did. I get why people love him. But it's just, you know, his music's fine. But I, I don't. I'm not in love with him. Uh, Prince, he's got to be the greatest of all time, right? I mean, he is. He is. Nobody entertained. Nobody wrote songs. Nobody played instruments. Nobody had the sheer charisma and drive and passion that Prince had. Uh, he he was unique. He was not once in a lifetime or once in a generation, uh, once once in a century maybe. And the thing is, he was powerful and great and awesome right up to the end. There, he never fell off. You know, as I mentioned earlier a couple of the hip hop things. There's a there's a verse. There's a couple of verses of him rapping. You know, throughout his career, and it's it's not the best, but he tried it. He did it. And he did it better than some people who made a career of it. But other than that. I mean, the guy is almost infallible. Sure, you can look at Crystal Ball, see it for what it is, but I also see it as stuff that he considered cast-offs was better than albums I have by other artists. Uh, just his his output was incredible. Rainbow Children. Rainbow Children came out after Prince... Converted, or I I don't know how one goes about becoming a Jehovah's Witness, but Rainbow Children, I I am almost positive, was the first album that came out after he made that conversion. And, you know, for all of the controversy that Prince created, uh, well, I I don't want to say created, because I don't know that he set out to be controversial, but I think once he realized he was, he sort of embraced that. So for all of the controversy that followed in Prince's Wake, I think is a good way to say that. Uh, the most controversial thing I think he ever did... Oh gosh, here's another one. Okay. I'm sorry I'm, I'm jumping around here but just these memories are flooding back uh, as I talk the MTV Video Music Awards I, I don't remember what year at all and it doesn't matter because they all blend together the only thing that matters is Prince on stage in his yellow jumpsuit with that cymbal shaped guitar and the butt cheeks cut out of his suit, playing get off, while people did who knows what, surrounding him in the background. This was back in a time where I had a VCR set up, and I kept a blank tape, or, or I would, uh, I'd have a a tape in the VCR at all times, so that anytime. I felt like I needed to, I would hit record, and whatever was on would record, and, and the channel was on MTV pretty much all the time. I mean, back in the day, that was the go-to channel. So I would record segments of the Video Music Awards, uh, the live performances, because as much of a joke as it is now, the the MTV Video Music Awards used to be the event for me. I didn't care about the Grammys, I didn't care about the Oscars, uh, I didn't even know what Golden Globes were, uh, unless you're talking about Goldust's wife, I just didn't give a shit about anything, but the Video Music Awards were destination viewing each and every year, so I hit record on that thing, as soon as I realized it was Prince, because I I think it was a second before, yeah, no, they introduced Prince, so I hit record, and I had it on my VHS and I watched that over and over and over again because I could not believe this man had his ass cheeks just out uh, and I was trying to check out what all of the people on the stage around and behind him were up to because it was clearly sexy time the song is called Get Off I mean, come on so Uh, Getting back to that, I mean, that was a huge deal. That was in the media. My parents, or my mom at least, uh, was uh, talking about that. Uh, That she couldn't believe he would do such a thing. And it was just his, his, his hiney was just out. Uh, And I remember thinking, feeling cool because I saw it live. I saw it as it happened. You know, I I was sitting there watching it and and I was, I felt like, you know, even though millions were, I felt like one of the cool people because I saw this, this wild thing this guy did. Uh, but for all of the controversy that followed in Prince's wake over the years, I, I honestly think the most controversial thing he ever did was become a Jehovah's Witness and decide to alter the way that he performed his music. And, you know, I'm getting older. I'm going to be 40 in in just a couple of weeks here. And as I get older, it's not that I'm mellowing. It's that I'm becoming more reasonable about things, more respectful of other people's thoughts and, and ideas, uh, and what people do and do not want to be exposed to or do and do not want to experience or, or whatever and, and beliefs. I, I think people should be able to believe what they want to believe and be left alone about it. And Prince, uh, Prince found religion. He found comfort and peace and grace in being a Jehovah's Witness. And I I don't know a lot about that religion. Uh, I know they're very restrictive. I know that... uh, I'm sorry, I'm sitting here looking up Jehovah's Witness because I'm I'm suddenly doubting... No, that's it, Prince Jehovah's Witness. It sounded crazy to me. To, I, I've, never, I've been aware of it, but I don't know that I've ever said it out loud. So he found comfort in that. Uh, I apologize. I owe you guys a beverage for letting the phone go off. Uh, okay, so I, I don't hold it against Prince. I'm not upset with him for, for changing what he performed, for not playing Darling Nikki. Uh, you know, I don't know if he literally cleaned up any of the racy lyrics in his songs. I don't know to what extent he changed his act. But if, if you've got something that's making you happy, good for you. You know, don't, don't knock the guy for it. And, and I'll tell you this right now. If you have a problem with Prince becoming a Jehovah's Witness and, and you think that his music was lessened because of it, you're just wrong. Uh, go listen, and this is where I was getting to a few minutes ago, go listen to the Rainbow Children, and you tell me that that man is any less funky, any less talented, any less awe-inspiring. Uh, you, you, you can't. And if you do tell me that, you're lying. Because he's not singing about sex anymore, does not lessen the impact of the music that he made uh, So You know I I Have picked up his Successive albums as they've gone on I've never been disappointed In one I can say that some are better than others For sure I mean any artist is going to have You, you can't Be as prolific as Prince Was and not have Things that aren't just Absolutely white hot But It's just, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just at a loss here because I'm, I'm just, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand. People die. We we lose things that inspire us, things that we love. That's how it goes. But it just had such an impact on pop culture on music on entertainment he, he was you know I'm reading The Wicked and the Divine by Jamie McKelvey and uh, Kieran Gillen and it's all about essentially pop culture gods it's what inspired a podcast that we did many episodes ago after a, a wrestling pay-per-view of all things and Prince was truly, he, he was, he was the Zeus of our pop culture gods. He was, nobody could match what he did. He was power and glory and passion and love. And those are the messages that he put forth. And he also put forth a powerful message of being an individual. No, he was a trendsetter. You never saw Prince. And this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with his music. That he had influences, obviously, but everything he did was Prince. You could never listen to a Prince song and say, oh, this sounds just like anything. It was all Prince. And his image was the same way. Prince was the, the gold standard, or the, the purple standard, I suppose, for style, for uniqueness. He, he was his own man. He had his own vision. There was no corporate group telling him what to do or how to be. Uh, he fought. Against the record industry, he was one of the first people to. Well, he for me, he was the first person that clued me in to the horrors of the recording industry back in the day. You know, I I, as a kid, as a young person, you know, possibly even into your twenties, you think, oh, well, these these famous musicians are. Living in these giant houses and have cars and not a care in the world. I mean, look, they've sold, you know, however many million albums. They're, they're set. They're good to go, right? They're, they're rich. They're fantastic. Look at MTV. Look at the lifestyles these people have, but they're essentially in in a slavery contract because these record companies, these ruthless fucks that exploit creativity and specialness trap and and, you know it's not like this anymore or, or at least it's not as bad as it once was it's not as widespread as it once was but these recording industry fucks would trap talented naive young people into these contracts that would last for you know a decade or more And Prince was the first one that brought this kind of thing to to my attention and and probably to the public's attention because he was one of the biggest pop stars in the world, one of the biggest cultural icons in the world. And no matter what you thought of him, you had to listen to what he was saying. And he put it out there. His battle against Warner Brothers is, is very well known, will go down in the record books as a landmark incident in the history of recorded music uh, and it, it brought it to my attention he was a fighter he he was fiercely independent and fiercely brilliant and and at this point I, I honestly think I'm probably just gonna start rambling if i if I haven't already been rambling. Uh, I'm shattered I'm heartbroken i the world has lost a treasure that could have given us decades more incredible art and now won't. So we have to be thankful for the 57 years of Prince that we were blessed with. We have to be thankful that whatever he went through in his life We were lucky enough to be able to share in his glory, in his splendor, in his talent, in his love for the time that we did. He is truly, his legacy is incredible. His music is incredible. There, there has never been and there never will be another like Prince. And we are all, we are all lessened by his passing. Thank you for listening. Uh, please go, go listen to some Prince. If you're not working this weekend, go get Funky somewhere. I'm sure, gosh, yeah, there's gonna be, you know for sure there are gonna be clubs around your town. Wherever you are, somewhere is gonna be having a Prince night. And the best thing that you could do is go out find somebody that's spinning some prints and just get as funky as you can and just love everybody else in that room thanks a lot guys
0: Four, seven, and we'll watch them fall they stand in the way of love and we will smoke them all. Intellect and the savoir fair No one in the whole universe will ever compare I am yours now and you are mine and together we we'll love through all space and time so don't cry you're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. And of course, it's at NeedlessThingsSite.com. Love you. Mean it. uh Uh-huh.